Welcome to Karura's weekly podcast. Thank you so much for taking your time to journey with us. We hope your spiritual life will be transformed as you listen in. We start in three, two, one. Reverend Gary, as we conclude this uh, 40 days journey, how has it been for you? What has stood out for you, even as you bring us the word of God? I think everything has stood out. One of the things that has stood out actually is being, you know, being interrogated every Sunday, um, having somebody check up on me whether I'm actually doing what I'm telling everybody else to do. And it's been an encouragement because it means that I am actually more aware, um, maybe than any of you, about the need to put to practice the things that I am learning. And God has blessed me. Um, and has blessed, you know, the, the work that I've been doing as I've reached out to people, um, as we've interacted with members of, of, of our extended family because of the challenges that we've gone through. I really believe that, that even doing this whole program has really made a difference um, in, in doing those things. It's been great um, being connected with people, dealing with, with some of the issues that came up. Uh, I can say that 40 days of love for me has been a journey of joy. It's been a journey of growth. And as we are celebrating right now the, the 40 days um, and having completed, I just want to say for me, it's been such a joy to, to get back there, to be remembering. And I hope that it's been a joy um, for you to be learning to live the things that God says are the most important thing that you can do with your life. I pray that it's, it's something that, that it's exciting. You know, as we, as we started um, the, this thing during the kickoff Sunday, I shared my prayer for you. Um, Philippians chapter 1, verse, verse 9. And it says, And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and depth of insight. That your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and depth of insight. Has your love overflown? Have you grown in, in, your, in your whole love? Have you, have you learned more your knowledge and the insight, the depth of insight of love? Has that been something that has really picked up during this season? That is, that is my prayer. And you know, I've, I've had such wonderful testimonies from different people. You know, how God has been at work and has been making a difference in, in, in people's lives. Their lives have changed. Relationships that were, were breaking have been restored, have been helped. You know, they've been deepened. Hope has been brought into relationships that, you know, people were starting to get hopeless. Forgiveness and, and freedom have been experienced by people. This is something that, that I experienced just about one and a half weeks ago. I was interacting with someone and just in our interaction and, and, and listening to one another, um, as we finished our, our, our meeting, his expression was, you know, I am feeling so free because of what we've been able to do today. And, and I just thank God for what he enables in doing all of this. You know, you didn't just gain head knowledge. If any of you put to practice the things that we've been learning, then you've gained experiential knowledge. You've seen what love can do. You really have. Love matters more than anything. More than anything. When we live out love, we are fulfilling God's command um, you know, the main command, the, the one that covers all commands to love God with everything that you are and to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and we've been learning from the example of Jesus, which is the absolute, the best example, because that is the perfect man who never sinned. And the entire life that he lived was a life about love. And what we've learned in 40 days, I really believe has enriched us. And, and, and that yet there is still so much more that we can learn 
from Jesus Christ. His entire life was a life of love. You know, right through to the place where he was on the cross and then onto the, into the tomb and even into the resurrection and the time that we are alive today. It's about God's love. God has loved us and continues to love us. In the sermons, in addition to those things, we, we also learned about loving with words. And that means, you know, keeping our tongues under control, making sure that we, we really take control of that tongue. We learned about love, letting it go. You know, love does not keep a record of wrongs that other people do. And, and so we have to forgive. We've got to extend grace and allow renewal to happen in our relationships. Love is not easily angered. You know, remember if you, if, if you use anger in your relationships, you are guaranteeing that you're going to get out of that more anger, apathy, and then ultimately alienation. Anger breaks relationships. Last week, we were looking at the secrets of lasting love. And we, and we saw, you know, love extends grace, love embraces trust, love expects the best and endures the worst. It just keeps going on and on and on. And guys, you've learned so much more because you've been reading the book. Um, you know, The Relationship Principles of Jesus by Tom Holliday. Those of you who have been meeting together in, in, in life groups, you've been discussing it and you've watched Rick Warren's um, videos and, 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 and you've taken those challenges and gone out and lived it out. And as you hold one another accountable and you, and you ask, you know, did you do this? Did you do the other? You have become people that are actually actively living the life of love. May the Lord just truly bless all that we have, we have learned together. And today as we wind up, I want to take us, you know, to take us through a quick look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You know, that chapter of love that we've been focusing on through the whole of the series. Um, I want, I won't explain it so much. I'll just, you know, just give a, a highlight, a highlight of it. You've really already learned so much from that, from that passage. Um, and then we're going to look at a story, you know, a lesson on love that, that Jesus gave to a lawyer. And, and we will see what we can learn from it. First, we'll be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and um, from verses 1 to 3. And given the challenge that we have with our, with, with the overhead, um, you know, I just want to tell you, I'll be using mostly New Living Translation, um, as we are looking at the 1 Corinthians chapter 13 passage. So those of you who are here, please, um, you know, in person, please, you, you could, you could look at that in your, in your Bible. Um, but you have the other parts of the outline, um, are in the outline. So 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 1 to 3. That's about the primacy, the primacy of love. The Bible says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels and didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. What do we see here? That without love, nothing we say, know, believe, or do will count for anything. Nothing at all. Love matters most. So let's make sure that we give love first priority in our lives. Next from verses 4, we learn the character of love, the character of love. Love is patient and kind. 
Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand um, its own way. It's not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. This is what we've been looking at. You know, the last, the last few weeks, the last 40 days, we've been looking at it in detail in the sermons, in the, in the small group studies. It's the character of love. You know, this is what love should look like to other people, our love to them. You know, when, when, when we are expressing love, when we are living out love, the life that God has called us to live, this is what should be being expressed. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to, 8, 4 to 7. And then from verse 8, we see the longevity of love, the longevity of love. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. So verse 13, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. You make an investment in love, you are making an investment in eternity. The impact of love runs on and on and on. You know, the, everything else that, you, that you'll ever do will be left here. Everything else that you've ever owned or anything will be left right here. But love continues to matter into eternity. And so our first memory verse um, just, just speaks out what we have to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Let love be your highest goal. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Love matters most. Love has true healing power. It really impacts and makes relationships rich. And it is the only thing that lasts forever. Let love be your highest goal. Now I want to look now at one of the best known passages in the Bible concerning love. And it's a lesson that, that was taught by none other than Jesus himself. And it's the, the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. I'm, in this case, I'm using the NIV, so those who would like to follow along um, can, can do so. Verse 25, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. Is this familiar? You know, we've heard this. This is a summary of everything that the Bible teaches. Love God with everything you are and love your neighbor as yourself. You do that right and yeah, you've made it. That's success. But this lawyer wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. 
He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Action. You know, how do we love our neighbor? You know, love is an action word. It is something that we lived out in a life that lives, that, 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 that lives out love in action is what our Lord is commanding us as he ties us, as he ties this to that first commandment, those greatest commandments. Jesus is teaching us a love of God that is expressed in loving a neighbor. You know, it's so easy to talk about loving God, to say it, to sing it, and to do all of that. But the rubber meets the road when it comes to loving others. That's when the truth of your love, of your love for God is actually tested in loving the people that are made in his image. And the first thing that we can see from this passage is that love that God recognizes is beyond religiosity and status. It's not about how much you pray or how holy you look or what position you have in the church or anywhere else for that matter. The priests and the Levites, these were the top of the Jewish religious order. You know, it was the priests that were the ones who were representing the people before God. They presented the sacrifices. They prayed for the people. You know, the, the Levites were the temple servants. They were the worship leaders, you know. Um, these, these guys, these were the people that you would have thought were closest to God. That is the appearance. But appearance and status aren't it. Jesus deliberately picks someone at the bottom of the social and spiritual ladder as the hero of the story, a Samaritan. Samaritans were despised by the Jews. You know, they were considered to be mixed race people, therefore contaminated. You know, they claimed to be following the same God. But also the, in that one, they were off the mark. You know, if you remember the, 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 the story of Jesus meeting with a Samaritan woman, there's a point at which, you know, she asks him, you know, where, where are we supposed to be worshipping? And, and Jesus tells her, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. That's John chapter 4, verse 22. So their teaching was wrong. And the Jews looked down on them. They despised the Samaritans. Yet that is the person in this story that Jesus told um, that Jesus wants us to emulate. He is the example. Not because of his looks, not because of the pedigree of his tribe and the accuracy of his theology, but because of his actions. Actions that show the kind of love that God wants to see in us. Love that God recognizes is a love that acts. Go and do likewise. What do we see in the loving actions of this Samaritan? I want to just, I want to propose four things. You know, love, you know, grace, compassion, courage, and sacrifice. And, and it has a goal. Love has a goal. And that goal is fullness. So firstly, the grace of love. It starts, you know, it just says, but a Samaritan. And so that just tells you wrong tribe, wrong religion. 
you know and these were a big deal for the people of those times you know even a bigger deal than it is than it is for us when we are you know in our political seasons and tribalism is always you know sort of coming up you know for the jews i you know jesus praising a samaritan would have been absolutely shocking because they hated samaritans they would walk around you know and a long long route um when they were going from galilee to jerusalem samaria was in between and they didn't want to walk through it because they felt they could be contaminated so did this jew deserve any help from a samaritan no in fact you know most likely the robbers on that road given the geography of that place were also jews and most likely that samaritan had heard many stories of other people being beaten up on that road most likely he had been insulted probably again many times by jews he may have been tempted to say this is a jewish problem you know um it's not mine uh, you know thinking you know look at these jews and look at what they are doing to each other but instead he stopped that jew didn't deserve it there's nothing he had done to earn it but this guy stopped and helped big time and that's grace love is not based on who the needy person is or how good they are it just looks at what they need love takes notice of their needs we also see the compassion of love when he saw him he took pity on him his heart went out to him and he wanted to help he he recognized a fellow human being in in need and and he, and perhaps he thought you know if if i was in this guy's shoes i'd want someone to stop and help and so he stopped he wasn't concerned about getting dirty stooping you know low down there and connecting with someone all bloody and everything someone he didn't know someone he would very unlikely was very unlikely to ever gain anything from but he felt him you know the bible says um do to others what you would have them do to you and to fulfill this you have to connect person to person to feel him or her to put yourself in their shoes then we see the courage of love the courage of love he went to him and stopped he went to him and stopped on a steep road where a person has been beaten and left half dead you know is is this where you would stop if you were on a journey in a strange place and you not only were you of the wrong tribe but you also probably were carrying a little bit of wealth that the robbers were going to be very interested in if things went wrong you couldn't expect to to get much pity or help Do you know many of us would be would be scared you know of 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 your car breaking down inside Gedogoro leave alone you know in Dandora or in some other place that that you're thinking you know as you're driving in in hard places what would a person in that situation what would give a person like that the courage to abandon all other thoughts and focus on helping a man on the road robbed by robbers beaten up by robbers with the knowledge that robbers might still be hanging around and in fact possibly you know they are lurking on the sides waiting for someone to stop just like he was going to stop and jump on him what would have made this person do this it's love you know for for another human being an image bearer of god true love stops thinking about self and focuses on the needs of the other 
And even when the risk, with you know, when there's a risk of rejection or being misused or getting hurt, you know, love steps forward and acts. The courage of love. And the fourth thing that we see is the sacrifice of love. It's paying the price and then some more. And then more. Just think about it. You know, this is a guy, he's giving up his calendar. You know, perhaps he's losing an appointment. You know, this guy was not on his way home. He was on a way, he was going somewhere and he had an agenda, but he stopped. You know, maybe that's the excuse that the priest and Levite were giving. You know, if I stop, I'll not be able to do what I I had planned. I'll miss meeting that guy that I was supposed to meet. Have you ever used that that excuse? I know I have. (laughs) I have, but that Samaritan, the Samaritan stopped. It's not just... It's not like this man would have been carrying around bandages in his, in, 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 his, in his luggage, you know. So when we see that he bandaged this guy, you know, a man that had been left stripped, then it's most likely that he took some of his own clothing, maybe spare, maybe some of what he was wearing. He must have ripped it so that he could use the pieces of cloth to be the bandages for this guy. And he was pouring on his precious wine and, and his oil as relief for the wounds. Then he goes beyond merely giving that man relief. He picks him up and choosing to walk, he gives, us his, he gives up his place on his donkey. So he's given up his, his comfort and takes the man to the inn. You know, it's just like taking him to the hospital. The first night he's, he's, he's the nurse as well as the, as the person who has brought him to the hospital. But he's putting this guy on the path to rescue. And when he gets there, you know, he pays that deposit. It's just, you know, investing his money in this situation with no hope of return. You know, I learned from the Faith Life Study Bible that the two denarii that he gave would probably have covered two months in the inn. And and this might be, you know, just a sign of of how severe this man's injuries were. And, And the fact that he even offers to pay more if costs escalate is amazing. Stop and think, what would it mean in today's terms? And especially when you give a blank slate to somebody and he knows, you know, I'm just going to give a bill at the end of the time. But this is a sacrifice of love. I've observed myself and the truth is, you know, there are times when, when many times I felt the compassion. I wasn't afraid of stopping, you know, of, of what would happen to me if I stopped. But I was just not ready to pay the price. You know, maybe because I was in a hurry. After all, I had an agenda. I was going somewhere when this thing happened that came to my, came to my notice, came to my attention. Maybe because I was afraid of all the other things that, that, that might, might come up with this thing. It might just make life so inconvenient. You know, like taking an injured person to the hospital and then you have to go through the hassle of registration at the hospital and maybe you have to report to the police and then the police will be telling you to be a witness in the case and now you have to go for court case uh, uh, as a witness. But it might not even be that complicated. You know, maybe it's, it's, it's one of these VDPs. Remember those guys? Very draining people. And, and, and helping them is going to be a drain. And I just don't feel I have the energy at the time. Truth is, love is costly. To be patient, to be kind, to choose not to get angry, to be careful with your words so that they build and they don't tear down other people, to forgive 
All of this always means that I'm paying a price. Love requires sacrifice. We've got to embrace that truth. If we want to grow in love, it's going to cost us. And then we see that love has a goal. The goal of love is fullness. Love does not just stop at first aid. You know, not even at the place where most people would say, you've really tried, you know? You know, just after all, taking someone to hospital and paying the deposit, isn't that amazing? Isn't that enough? It's a big deal. You know, there was a time when Peter um, asked Jesus how many times he ought to forgive someone. And, and I was reading, you know, from the scholars, they say that, you know, in those days, most teachers would say that three or four times, forgiving three or four times was great. And so when Peter is saying seven times, he wants to sound generous. He probably is thinking, I'm going to sound very, very generous. But Jesus just blows Peter's math out of the window. You know, not seven, but 77s. Love isn't a measured thing. That, you know, it will only go so far and then it runs out. And, the, you know, the, draw, the line is drawn. Love does the complete job. It gives and keeps giving. This guy even promises to come back and pay whatever was, was, was left over so that this guy was completely healed. This kind of love that Jesus is giving us as an example is the kind of love that Jesus lived. It's the example of Jesus. Firstly, in Jesus, we see grace unparalleled. None of us deserves what God gives to us. You know, all of us, you know, if we are honest, we know that what is what, what the Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23 is true. You know, it says all of, all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And yet even when none of us deserves God's attention, let alone his love, he spreads it abroad to all. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. All. In John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Sinner and holy man, rich man, poor, you know, Gentile or Jew, it doesn't matter. The door is open for all. That is grace. Jesus was full of compassion. The Bible refers to Jesus' feelings towards people many times. He cared. You know, for example, in, in, in Matthew 9, 36, the Bible says when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. And if you've read that, article, that, that place, you'll recognize Jesus was tired at this particular time. But he gives them. He ends up giving them the whole day. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 to 8. The Bible says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Adding verse 8, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. He cared so much that he was willing to stoop down to our level, to stoop even lower down than that so that he would be able to pick us up, you know, help us when we were totally helpless, disgusting and dirty, just like that Samaritan did. And Jesus showed courage, facing down death. You know, Jesus knew what it was he was facing. In the Garden of, uh, of Gethsemane, you know, the Bible tells us that he was sweating blood because of what he knew was ahead that was going to happen to him. And yet he says, not my will, but yours be done. 
It's not that he didn't stop to think what was going to happen, that he was headed for a cross. He knew. And he knew it was going to be hard, but he chose to go forward into that most difficult path, a path leading into rejection and death. And we see his sacrifice. What sacrifice? It started with giving up all his wealth and status and power, as we saw in Philippians chapter 2. You know, and it goes on to the point of death. We know on the night he was betrayed, you know, that, that there was his trial and execution. We just see injustice. We see rejection. We see insults. We see so much pain physically. Then he is separated from the ones that he, that, that he loved and even the ones closest to him left him, even from the love of God. While he was on that cross, he cries out, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he knew the reason. It's because of you and I. That's why he had to receive it all. And ultimately, death. But look at the fullness that his love accomplishes. Everything we need is done. You know, you and I are reconciled to God and, and in the book of life. We are in the book of life forever. No condemnation, complete healing. You know, Paul, the apostle writes and, and, and he speaks about how sure he is, how certain he is of what God has done. No matter what he will face on the journey, Jesus is going to get him across onto the other side into God's eternity. In John chapter 10 verse 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And in, in Hebrews 10 14, the Bible says, for by one sacrifice... He has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. You know, the Samaritans saw a man for what he, saw that man for what he was, a fellow human being in need. So he took pity on him and helped him all the way to healing. And that's what Jesus does for us. He sees that we are harassed and helpless. He sees how sinful we are, how broken we are and injured and, and we can't sort out our own problems. And he reaches down to us and he helps us up. And he washes our wounds and our pains in his own healing blood. Pays the full price and more so that he can send you forward into a future beyond what you could imagine. Be greater than anything that you could imagine the perfection, the complete fullness that God has in store for you and for me. That's love. That's the example that we've been given. And you may be thinking right now, uh, Pastor, can I really measure up to Jesus? Is that the expectation for me? Can I measure up to Jesus? And I have to say, no, you can't. At least not in your own strength. So where do we find the empowerment for love? When God calls you to a standard, he also promises to give you what you need. And more than that, he promises to walk together with you through it. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now I know, you know, for many of us, when we actually look at what he calls us to, we often think, you know, this is too much. This is too hard. But when we actually take it up, really taking his yoke, we find that it's easy because Jesus has taken the hard wood on his back. The burden is light because Jesus is carrying it together with us. This is about God at work in you. 
his presence in you. He gives us courage and strength through that work that he's doing in us so that we can actually do the things that he calls us to, to love and to serve the way he wants us to. It comes from God. Second Corinthians chapter three, verses five to seven. The Bible says, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves. We just can't. It's not possible for us to really do this in our own strength, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, because the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The Holy Spirit is a life-giving spirit. We receive life from him, and because of his presence in us, we can be life-givers to other people. Brothers and sisters, Jesus said, go and do likewise like he has done. He has shown us a love that cannot fail. A love with power that breaks through death and goes on forever into eternity. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 8, you know, at the end of that powerful section that tells us about true love, the character of love, the Bible says love will last forever. In the NIV, it says love never fails. Now I know my love, my love fails, but his doesn't. And the empowerment that he gives to me, empowered by his love, mine can make an eternal difference. Imperfect as it is, it will make a difference because of Jesus. Personally, you know, what he has done for me has motivated me. It motivates me to, to make me to desire to do, to act out the kind of love that he has had for me. I want to live it for him. You know, to give grace, to give courageously, to, to be sacrificial and to go all the way, all the way to bring about with God's help, complete healing. I fall short so much in my own eyes and I know I fall so far short of Jesus. But you and I, we are recipients of a grace that is bigger than we can imagine. And so even when we fail, we can stand up again. We can get up and keep on stepping out and stepping up to love. Now that you know these things, the primacy of love, you know the character of love and the longevity of love, I pray that, that you and I will have the grace you know, to, to, to carry that love into life, the compassion, the courage, the willingness to make a sacrifice and to take it all the way to the end, to complete in this journey of love. Love is the only treasure we can take on into heaven. It is worth giving up everything for. Jesus told us, go and do likewise. He's calling us to a love that acts, a love that is practical. Let me close by reading from James chapter 1, verse 25. And it says, but if you look closely into the perfect law that sets people free and keep on paying attention to it and do not simply listen and then forget it, but put it into practice. You will be blessed by God in what you do. The blessing is in the doing. It is in the living out, in the practical living out of this love. I pray that having learned all that we've learned through 40 days of love, that we will keep on paying attention to it. That we will not just forget it, but we will pay attention to it and that we will do it and that we will find that blessing that is in the doing. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us so, so much with an, with an amazing love. 
Thank you Lord Jesus for the love that takes us not doesn't just stop loving us while we're here but carries us into eternity a love that loves and loves and loves never not never stops even though we never deserve it we don't even deserve a little of it thank you thank you so much for taking that that path showing your compassion your grace your courage making the sacrifice for us and thank you for teaching us practically in this precious area of love you've blessed our relationships lord you've equipped us for relationships with others perhaps people that we are going to meet in the future perhaps people we already know that we need to be reaching out to thank you lord and please help us please help us to always remember to live the things that we have learned to put love at the center of our lives to make love our highest goal because love matters more than anything else that lord we would be a people who have placed our treasure in heaven by loving loving this one thing that will last into eternity and i pray for each one of us lord that we will find blessing as we do what we have learned in jesus name amen amen